Hey friends, Catlaw Hagquist here with a reminder that locally owned and artist operated bizbooks.net is still your best source for plays, acting books, scene books, teacher resources, and much, much more. And as you, like we, are clearly fans of Sabrina and YVR Screen Scene, we want to offer you 15% off your next purchase with the coupon code SCREENSCENE23. So come check us out at bizbooks.net. Sign up for our newsletter and follow us on social to learn what's new. And if you're in the Vancouver area, watch out for one of our pop-up shops throughout the year to come say hello and shop in person. Remember, Screen Scene 23 promo code is only available at bizbooks.net for a limited time. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Rani Firminger, and today... Well, today, I am pretty darn excited to welcome Zach Smedu. I'm saying it wrong, aren't I? No, that's right. Smedu? Smedu. Smedu. I'm so used to saying it. <laughs> anyway, we, I always ask my guests how to pronounce their name. I've said Zach's name a bunch of times on the podcast, but I've said Zach Smedu. Apparently, it's Smedu, and I'm just not, I'm not used to saying it. Smedu, Smadu. Smadu. I'll say it like my Ukrainian baba would say it. Go for the baba. (laughs) Okay, I am pretty darn excited to welcome Zak Smadu (laughs) to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Okay, thesis statement coming. You ready? Yeah. As far as Vancouver-based film and television actors go, Zak Smadu (laughs) is something of an enigma, at least to the local scene. He only just moved here a few months ago. But here's what I know about Zak. I know that he's an accomplished actor with some GD, that's goddamn, GD exciting credits on his filmography, including Fayez on The Expanse and Detective Ashkular on Cardinal and fun roles on Kim's Convenience, Titans, and Letterkenny. And I know that he's one of us now. One of us. See, I told you I was going to say that. Yeah, one of us. Having just wrapped his third season as Daniel Svensson, an exceedingly neat lawyer with an exceedingly messy love life on the locally shot and produced Family Law. He is one of Harry Svensson's three children, the other two masterfully portrayed by Janelle Williams and Jewel State. Ha. Jewel State. She's a friend of the pod. I bet she could tell us something about Zach, about who he is as an actor and a gentleman. Okay, I'm a bad actor. I actually had that idea like a week ago. And so I asked her uh, all about Zach, and here is what she had to say. Okay, so the first time I met Zach was in the audition process for the show. It was very (laughs) nerve-wracking. But he put me at ease basically right away. So I kind of credit him for um, helping me do my job that day and, and get the role. He's, um, he's our cheerleader on set. He's full of positive energy, he blasts music after lunch. He rallies, you know, he's a rallier. And it's this 
infectious kind of energy that really does have a huge effect on the cast and the crew. Um, I can feel my shoulders instantly drop away from my ears <laughs> when he walks on set because I just know we're going to have a good day. Um, besides that, personally, um, he's just, he's the light of everybody's lives. He's incredibly thoughtful. He's, he's kind. He's super considerate. He seems to put everybody else first. And I just admire so many things about him. Um, he really has become like my brother, uh, in real life. And, you know, he laughs at my jokes, which we all know is the way to my heart, really. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> Thank you, Jewel State. Okay, so today we are going to further uh, investigate the mystery of Zach Smadu. Pretend lawyer, pretend doctor, pretend detective, and real-life rallier and foodie who laughs at Jewel's jokes. Zach, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you so much for for having me finally. I know it was a, a bit of a, a jungle gym to get in here. You know what though? Okay, so we've rescheduled this interview, what, like five times? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I had to for some health stuff. Well, I had laryngitis. Like yeah. I literally couldn't make a sound. Yeah, you could not talk. So we could not record it like yeah. this. Although some ASMR people would be like, <laughs> fuck yes. yeah, like, do Best it. Satisfying ever. tingles. Um, and then, you know, you had like auditions. and yeah. But honestly, I my podcast mainly features actors. I Do you know it. how many times every interview has to be rescheduled? At least three times. Yeah, I, I bet you know, like it comes with the territory. So that's absolutely very, very, very uh, gracious of you to. I'm gracious with this stuff. This. It's just so hard with like, because also the bulk of my friends are actors. Yes, of course. So that makes it hard when I'm like, hey, I got the concert tickets. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I got the theater tickets. Hey, and I made a reservation. They're like, sure. And they're like, actually. Sorry, I know I committed, but I have to bail. I have an audition tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, but if Amanda Tapping and Nicole Oliver, if they cancel the Madonna tickets that I got in the queue for, dibs, dib, I'll, yeah. I'll join you. you oh, go. we're gonna, we're gonna, we'd have a good time. We could hush them up, <laughs> like the Brian Markinson. <laughs> Brian Markinson, Mark. Okay, 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 okay. <clears throat> what is your response to Jewel and to the kind of besides, you know, calling her names or whatever? But you know, the kind of stuff that that she said about you in her thesis statement. Do you recognize yourself in how she describes you? Well, first of all, I have to say that is very, very sweet of you to ask her and very kind of her to say what she did. She replied right away. Like she replied, like, and she was like, absolutely. And yeah. like right away that, that just, that file appeared. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, it chokes me up a little bit because Jewel is like a, as she said, you know, she really is like a sister to me now. Same with Janelle and, you know, the other people on the show. Victor's like a dad and a good friend. Brett Kelly is like my little brother, hmm. you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we have, a, we have a family, which is great. And I, it's just because of who the people are. I mean, you've met all of them. Yeah. They're just genuine real people. They're fun to be around. And we just happen to be making a television show. Like we could be all working in an office or we could all be, you know, actual family and just relatives who hang out and stuff. But we, the relationships are so strong because everyone just is really who they are. Yeah. And they don't take themselves too seriously. And even when they do, you know, get caught up with either some of the stress of, you know, something coming up or something in their own lives, like we have each other's backs all the time yeah you know, like i just just before coming here i was getting texts from 
the girls, we have a little, little we call it our three amigos, our three amigos text group. The, the siblings. The siblings, yeah. yeah. And we, uh, you know, we just talk, sometimes it's just, you know, updates of whatever, or it's bullshit. It's like, oh, I thought this, or here's a great recipe, or let's plan, you know, when we're all together here in, in August, let's go do this. Let's book a trip now. And, let's, you know, it's like, so we have constant contact. Yeah. And they're always in my life. Like, you know, when I was in Toronto, you know, G and I could see each other more frequently uh, now that I'm here. I can see Jewel a lot more. You guys, now are you and Jewel working on trying to get Janelle out here? Well, that's that's been a a push. (laughs) You know, it's a little more complicated. She's got family and she's got kids out there and stuff and school Mm. and all that. But I think... Hard to compete with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, her, uh, you know, her her daughter's still in school and stuff. And so there's there's that. And you've got to... You've got to compete with what's important for their lifestyle yeah. and their friends and all that. But but I I know that Janelle kind of fell in love with Vancouver as much as I did when we first came out here because I'd never been here before. Like, Whoa! I'd never I'd been to BC and been to the interior and stuff, but I'd never been to Vancouver. And so the first, actually today is very much like the first day that I was in Vancouver. That's snowing here. Today. Okay, it's and I I know your journey is from Saskatchewan <laughs> to Toronto and and then to BC. So. When you say it's snowing, because I'm not from Vancouver either, but I've been here 20 years, but it's like it's people who are born and raised in Vancouver lose their minds over what is basically some powdered sugar dusting. You know, my Vancouver born kid was like, school's going to be canceled today. I'm like, it's two degrees. It's it's melting. Like as as it's hitting. Yeah, it's not snow. (laughs) So, but you came out here. I came out here for, so uh, Janelle and I came out to do a a testing. That's the thing that um, Jewel was saying at the opening about the first time we met. So we flew in late one night. I think it was like a Tuesday. It was pitch black. I'd never been to Vancouver. So we arrived at like nine, ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Couldn't really see the city, but our driver picked us up and was taking us to the hotel. I'm like, oh, like, I'm so excited to see Vancouver. We're only here for like not even a day. Like we were flying out after the testing in the morning the next day. Wow. So got in, went and got some sushi nearby at the hotels. Like, I just need to try Vancouver I love that sushi. you knew enough. You knew enough knew. that you had to go and have some sushi. People said like, yeah. oh, you got to eat some, because I love obviously food and seafood and sushi especially. I was like, okay. So I found a spot. It was delicious. Then went back to the hotel, you know, um, went to bed early and then got up like super early. Like I think the testing was like at nine. And so I was up at like five and I was going to like did my whole warm up and did all my thing. So I, I'm like, I, I'm so excited. I open the blinds to the hotel and it's a whitewash. It is, there's, it's a snowstorm. And I'm like, oh, this is hilarious because uh, it wasn't like this yesterday. And I I couldn't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get down in the morning. I bring my driver a coffee. And I'm like, hey, what what happened? He's like, it hasn't snowed here in like, you know, six months or a year or two years or yeah. whatever. Else. I was like, oh, great. So that was my first experience. <laughs> event. I'm like, well, this is what it was in Toronto when I left. Cause it it sucks, February. though, because like I remember my first day when I flew out here to meet my, my long distance boyfriend. We'd originally met in England, but we went to different universities. Long story short, I flew. I flew from Kingston, Ontario on one of those like, you know those Ontario they're, they're snowy days but it's like it's not a fresh, like it's just sleet yeah. you know, and like the roofs are gray the yeah. streets are gray, like sloppy oh, it's just dis- it's gray and miserable and disgusting, yeah. and I flew into Vancouver on one of those like Disney days it's a February day and like the sun was shining, Ugh. you know, the birds he drove me to Queen Elizabeth Park, like I swear to God, like I not really, but like a singing bird landed yeah. on my on my finger. Exactly. Yeah. And like, and but that view too of the mountains, yeah. Yeah. you know, like for that, you know, being from Montreal, like that like took my breath away. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess after I graduate, like I will be the one to move out yeah. here. So you were expecting that. 
Well, I was expecting that, but I, I'll say, luckily, the the show went my way, and I got to come out here in March, and so I remember when I finally got to see it in all of its kind of glory, the mountains and the ocean, and I, Sabrina, I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prairie boy, so yeah. I, uh, not only have I not really <laughs> grew up with mountains or ocean, so yeah. I never got any of that, and so when I came here, I was like, wait a minute, this is how people live? Like, you just have this around you all the time? This oh, is amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's there all the time. You can't always see it all the time. No, but it's there. Yeah, and, and it's it, weird when it's not there too. Once you're getting used to it, yeah. like actually, like at those days where you know you drive over the bridge because I live in Kits, so drive from yeah. from Kits to downtown, and you can't see the North Shore Mountains. And yeah. I'm like, I feel like exposed and not protected because I usually feel like I'm being cradled, yeah. you know, by the mountains, and they're not there. Yeah, it's a very strange. But I I like that. I mean, I'm also just getting very used to the the scenery and the weather and stuff. Like. I, we we went cold plunging this morning. This is our first. We've been I've been cold plunging since January first every day. It was the the thing. Just oh, sorry, I don't. I've never heard that term before. But like, is that is that literally you plunge yourself in cold water? Yeah. So we like go, on purpose. On purpose. You go and sit in it for five minutes. So we go down to my girlfriend and I. We go down to the ocean. We li- I also live in Kits, and so all we, right, we spot in Kits. The best people. Best it's people. great. I mean, I yeah. love it. I think it's such a cool neighborhood and totally my vibe because yeah. it's not I'm not a big like even though I've lived in Toronto for 21 years I never really lived downtown I don't like you know I don't live in condos and all of that I want yeah. to, um, grass and parks and all that and for me this is such a good uh, transition because I'm a block away from the ocean oh you yeah go down the beach you know I, I go run every day and I we can go for hikes and stuff so it's all right there you like, were made just, for for Vancouver life so but I'm it's sorry so, so the you two say that because people have said that to me before I leave like, oh you're a Vancouver I can tell you're a Vancouver I'm like I don't even know what that means I'm like oh now I get it yeah I get it I get it all yeah. comes together but so you you intentionally on purpose uh go in and plunge yeah. into the cold water and First thing um, in the morning. what does that do for you well, it does a lot. I'm not a doctor, even though I've played a couple on television. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it's obviously it's just very good for your, your muscles, for your soreness. It's very good for your lymphatic system. It's very good. I've just read an article, which I can't substantiate that it's true or false, but it's from a couple of people that I believe in. But especially for men, as you get older, it's mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. you do it first thing in the morning, it's really good to like boost your testosterone. It's one of the actual... It's got to do things. some stuff because <clears throat> like you guys, your stuff hangs on the outside. That's right. It's all yeah. there. You walk in, but you get used to it, right? You Like the first week sucked. It yeah. Really <laughs> I was like, I hate this. It's... And then, like, the five minutes go by so, so slowly. You're just mm-hmm. sitting there like, okay, distract me. Tell me a story. Go, oh, my God. Like, you're breathing really heavy. And now it's, like, 30 seconds in and everything kind of, the, the numbing feeling you get used to. And then it's it's just actually, like, it's it's quite therapeutic. I mean, yeah. it's the literal word. It's therapeutic. Yeah, I love, I mean, I love a lot of the words you're just, you know, and the feelings that you're describing. But, like, I guess the kind of Vancouverite that, that I am is if I want that, I'll go to my local cannabis store. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I find awesome. really interesting though about uh, your journey specifically from Toronto to here. I have interviewed a lot of actors who have come from Toronto, but not recently. You yeah. know, not like, because now the, the Toronto um, film and television industry, it's jumping, it's slamming, yeah. it's huge. As you well know, because as I was scrolling through your filmography, I'm like, oh, he's done every single thing that has been filmed in Toronto. Uh, But so now, though, most actors that I know of are moving the opposite direction. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know, well, if if an actor is going to leave Vancouver, they'll go to Toronto or they'll go, you know, to to, uh, 
Atlanta or they'll go to LA, right? You know, so I just want to like hear you as a, for a long time Toronto actor, you know, um, what kind of, what motivated you really, you know, what what were you thinking? Leaving Toronto, coming here, what, you know, give me that like actor, recently arrived Toronto actors viewpoint on our local industry and why we're the best. Sorry, no, no, we're all part of the same country, but you know, Team BC film. But Team BC, and I'm a I'm a big avid Team BC fan. I, the first thing I can say about that is that I feel like, you know, I've been in the the industry in Toronto for 21 years, as I said. But I honestly feel, even I mean, just looking at this like wall of beautiful faces, the pictures on the wall here of all the people, I actually feel that the community is way tighter here for whatever reason. I've only I've been to a couple events. Like I've been here for a couple months. Yeah. Even though I've been shooting here for over the years. And but I just find that one I know so many people and maybe that's just because of the privilege I get to work on the show and I get to meet lots of, you know, great local because we hire local amazing oh, yeah. actors. So it's a it's like a talent pool. It's for like that. a showcase for it's our local show- Yeah, it's a, it's a great way of saying it. It's yeah. a showcase. So I get to meet all these people get to work with them and then I and I just feel really connected to that so and they're everyone's like super supportive it's very I feel like the mentality I was describing this to a friend of mine earlier I feel like the mentality in BC is that it's like the industry is an industry of plenty Hmm. like there's lots of opportunity and everybody has there's something out there for them and so it's not in the sense of like we're competing for very limited resources where I kind of felt in Toronto for a long time. It felt like that. Like there's only a certain amount of roles and there's only this. And so, and there's going to be the 20 guys that you always go up against and it's like cutthroat and you just got to go in and get it. And you got it. You know, whereas was that your voice you use? Is that why you have so many credits? That's the voice. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here. motherfuckers. Wow. Let's go. And I'm very competitive. So I could I could work in that that industry like that, yeah. But I don't like it as much um, because I I really do feel you know, so the arts. It's, we're not we're not doing um, competitive sports. This is art, yeah. And, and it's a creative field where it's it is completely. If you've been on a film set, as if anybody has been on a film set, you know that there's there's hundreds of artists working from. It's a community. It's from, a village. Yeah, from yeah. craft services to makeup to hair to the lighting, the grips, the all like everybody is is super knowledgeable of their specific craft and it's only because we come together yeah. and we do that that we can make these things in incredible amount of time for for how technical it is and yeah. how difficult it is and so the the idea that we're this is a team sport it translates a little better i feel at least you know maybe i'm a little naive but I, for what i've been here i just feel like that the community of actors i get a sense of that here I'd be, it'll be really interesting when you come back to do the podcast in two years sure and i'll play back this exact clip yeah you know and be like so zach how do you feel about there? our community now those sons of bitches <laughs> i never got no. um yeah i mean so that's my that's kind of the feel that i've gotten um initially and yeah. I even got that you know I as I just moved here in October but I've been working here for three years so I come here for five months yeah of the year and and I that's kind of what was one of the impetuses for me to come yeah um, I also had you know it wasn't a, a strange move for me to go to some place that I've never been and kind of try and make some some inroads and plant some some roots and stuff because I had it here. I have you know my jewels here and my co- other co-stars are here and I all the people that I met Brian Markets and all the people we've mentioned that like I know these people so I feel like hey I can you know 
pick up the phone and call them like, hey, do you want to go for coffee? Hey, do we, like I'm not by myself. I'm not yeah. on an island here. So that was helpful. Then I think the the other reason to come from Toronto to Vancouver is the lifestyle, as we said. Like, you know, I, I feel, especially at my age now, I've moved away. You know, Toronto's an amazing city. Oh, I, I love, love Toronto. It. I love Toronto. I've I loved it for love it. Forever. If I didn't live in kids, if I if I was gonna live in Toronto, my husband and I were driving through the beaches mm-hmm. recently. I'm like that. Yeah. Like it kind of has like a like a kids vibe, but you know, there's just so much more. Yeah. Like just Toronto is just it's more. It's all more. Yeah. But it like with all the good stuff more, there's also, you know, like there's a lot of more time in your car. Yeah. You know, more distance between things. Like yep. it's just a little bit too much more. Yeah. And it, and it just depends For on me. your lifestyle yeah. and your your family and your relationships and your friends and stuff. So, I mean, I've lived my entire adult life in Toronto. I moved there when I was 18. I went yeah. out for school. So it's kind of all I've known, but it was a great place because it's, it's a city where, you know, if you, it's an active city. Hmm. Like, I love going to watch sports. So, yeah. you know, I can go watch the Jays. I can just go watch the Jays game. Just, oh, it's on television. I'll just walk over and go see the game. Yeah. Raptors, fo- you know, football, that's hockey. It's there. Uh, live theater entertainment yeah festivals music festivals bars karaoke like if any night of the week well, I diversity was, <clears> too <throat> like yeah. i was like walking around i'm like look at all the and I, granted i did like we live north of toronto i spent a lot of time downtown i worked downtown for a few summers my yeah. teen years and like it just I, I guess i'd forgotten just there's everybody it's yeah. like you know that new york thing it's like you're at the crossroads of the world yeah, you know really any is. kind of food any kind of person oh, yeah man. you want you want to go listen to acid jazz on a tuesday night there's like six places that are playing it. like what yeah you want to go belly dance on a sunday okay like sure you can do anything yeah. kind of anywhere anytime which is great um and so that was great but i've also my lifestyle's changed a little bit. Yeah, just, you don't belly dance on I the weekends. I don't go belly dance quite all the time. Much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, salsa dance a little bit here and there now, but that's yeah. that's it. Um, <laughs> Susan is leaning forward right now, being like, "I wonder if we can get some belly dancing <laughs> in for Daniel in a upcoming season." It's gonna happen. It's funny. Yeah. I have to be very cautious of what I say to Susan because. Uh, Often those things will just kind of sprinkle themselves into the script. Like, yeah, oh she's like, God. oh, you run? Well, you're oh, going to be running go. a lot. There we go. We got that. Cold plunging. Luckily, the show mostly happen. films in the summer, right? Yeah. So yeah. It's gonna, We're going to open episode, whatever, and we'll be sitting there. <laughs> plunging again and again, because that's what filming is like, too. You don't just shoot something once. Oh, it's no. like, okay, we got this. Now I got to yeah. do coverage no. and an opposite angle. and It's, it's yeah. an hour and a half of cold plunging. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, but you're right. In the summertime, it'd be fine, because you can go swim in that. I've lo- yeah. I love swimming in that ocean. Yeah. Um, and but so my 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 life kind of priorities have changed a little bit. And also maybe it was just timing of the universe. But, you know, Toronto during COVID, the last three years, really shut down. Mm. It really so much of the heart and that joy and that energy dissipated yeah. and disappeared. And I know it's going to come back for sure. But it was just kind of the right thing. You know, the t- in the off season when I go back to Toronto, um, it was really kind of like sad like yeah. it's just empty the city you know i go run in the streets in the morning and like there's nobody around yeah. you go all my favorite little local restaurants and places and stuff in my neighborhood like half of them are shut down yeah they've been hit hard half of them yeah. were you know you could go get takeout I'm like well i don't want to okay i want to go eat at my house takeout like no so it was just all those kind of factors combined that made the 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 move for me possible and more interesting and also it was a little bit of like 
you know, good friends like Jewel, was like, get your ass out here. We need, we want you out here. Come out here. You're going to love you it. literally sound like her right now, yeah. too. Yeah. That's what yeah. she does. So, yeah. Get your ass get out come here, on. Zach. Stop messing around. Okay, we're gonna we will talk more about family law um, and also kind of you know your career journey. But before you move on from Vancouver, sure, um, you've mentioned that food is very important to you. I'm aware because you showed me I when I so met you on the set um, back in September that you actually have a note on your phone that has all of your different dining experiences in Vancouver yeah. um, categorized uh, and ranked and all these things. So, you know, to people who are in Vancouver or who are planning to visit Vancouver, can, your smell so big right now. Can you give us some <laughs> of your favorite, you know, um, give me your like, you know, your top three must eat you know vancouver dining experience sure um i'll just give you before i do that i'll give you a little backstory of how i got that list because i i've never been here before so i always find one it's a good way to have a conversation with somebody who's here yeah to to get them excited about talking about what they like and also to to just learn about the city so every time you know all half these people on your wall here that when they'd be on set and said okay so i'm new to vancouver yeah. Where should I eat? What do you like? Blah, blah, blah. And you, I mean, as I just lit up now, and that's what people do. They're like, oh, have you, do you like Iranian food? Okay, well, you got to, do you like this? So I would just make, yeah. I, I built that note out of the knowledge that people shared with me. That's where it came from. And then I would just start to go like, okay, well, I'm going to go check this off. I want to go do some, some Mexican food. So where should I go? Okay, I'm going to go check this one out. Yeah. But I'd say the, you know, the top three that I would, would bring people to is, um, Ophelia the, in um, Olympic Village. It's a Mexican restaurant. Somewhat high-end. It's amazing. Ophelia. I, so the reason I had that look on that face, on yeah. my face, I used to live very close to there, but back before 2010, because before the Olympics, that was all just like a bunch of warehouses. And so now it's like an entire, it's like an entirely different like city in the city. Yeah. You know, like just the way like the distillery district is like this like very new, yeah. you know, um, in Toronto. Yeah, we're going to be doing that East-West thing quite a bit. So we connect to everybody now. Yeah. Well, I can give the comparison in uh, Regina. It's like, um, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Harbor Landing. It's like a harbor. It's like a new little area that just like blew up. Okay. So, Ophi- so Oph- okay, so I'm going to write this down. So Ophelia. Ophelia. Yes, Ophelia. It's just amazing, high quality Mexican food. They do Love amazing that. margaritas and their, their cocktail list, their bar is great. Um, you should have led with that, Zach. Yeah, That's they have like a great bar. Yeah, okay. a great bar. And they do, um, they have this uh, polpa, the, the octopus. And they have <gasps> a... Um, that's probably my favorite dish. Yeah. But they do like lots of different moles and stuff like that. So it's amazing. So yeah. that is one of the top tier places I would go. Second place I would go is um, Anh and Chi. Yes. Which Vietnamese. So yes. Also kind of high end Vietnamese, higher end, you know, quality that. But they have this, um, the Vietnamese pancake, which I've never, it's very hard to find kind of anywhere a lot is it of, like um is it almost like a japanese pancake like an okonomiyaki a little bit yeah. like that yeah yeah so it's you know it's um coconut flour and whatever but they there's prawn and pork in it and then they they fry it in the pan and then <gasps> you eat it you rip it off and you eat it in um usually mustard leaf wrap like lettuce wraps and then you put you know the mint and the cilantro and thyme and all that stuff like okay. that. If, I drill, <clears throat> if I'm drilling, it's amazing. your fault. It's I asked for it. I asked for it. Yeah. I love it. I, I haven't had it. that. I love that restaurant though. I like the vibe there. I like the, you know, the, the family, because, you know, it's a family. Yeah. Like, you know. 
Yeah, that's what I heard. It's the kids or something? The kids, yeah. There's actually, I will link it in the footnotes. There was a documentary that was made about that restaurant. Yeah, about, you know, and, and, you know, honoring the, you know, their, the family roots and stuff, but also bringing in, because it's a very, like, modern, you know, take on things as well and a great location, too. Well, that's the funny thing, because I've never really eaten in a high-end Vietnamese restaurant. Like, typically the places that have the best food are kind of, are, like, poorly lit with like fluorescent oh yeah it's open 24 like, hours yeah. fluorescent yeah and, like you know kind of bad tables and chairs but the yeah. food is just outstanding amazing yeah so it, anyways it was i was like this isn't a vietnamese restaurant and then you eat and you're like oh this is really really, <laughs> really good um so That's those two. two and then you know oof, i would say that's hard because a go-to. Actually, I know what I know. What one of my go-to. It's a little more fancy, and this is um, when my family has come to visit me during uh, shooting the season. Different times, uh, we've gone to a place called Coast, which is you know I, yes. I think it's well known. I think yes. it's kind of been a staple. Great for a while. place to bring out of towners. Very West Coast. So good. The yeah. food. You know, we you just do multiple courses, and there's seafood there, and you know, oysters and just everything I've always eaten there has been amazing. Yeah. And so that's kind of, we want like a fancy dinner. Like, let's go to Coast. Like, let's just, the dining experience. There's a guy, I think he's the maitre d'. I'm not actually quite sure his role. His name's Albert. And I went there, the first time I ever went there, I went with Victor. Oh, yeah. Oh. So Victor took me. It was like. I've heard that he's very like, very food focused as well. I've heard oh, this yeah. from Linda Boyd because he used to guest on um, uh, Doyle, Republic, Republic yeah, Doyle, Doyle. You know, and that when he would when he would be out doing that show, he that he would bring all the cast out for you know to go and eat lobster yeah. and you know yeah, yeah. It's, it's not so it's about not just like what you eat but who you're eating with. Of course, yeah, that's, that's how you should be eating. Yeah, but the the community around you. Well, Victor is like that, and he yeah. loves good restaurants and stuff, and so. This was, I think it was season one. I think it was season one. We both had um, a day off and uh, coming up. And he's just like, Zach, what, Zachary, what are you doing um, on uh, Wednesday? Do you want to have lunch with me? I'm like, of course, let's go for lunch. Let's go. He's like, okay, I, I'll, where do you want to eat? I'm like, what you pick, you decide. So we went to Coast. Um, and Albert was our kind of maitre d' there. And so I met him through that. And it was just such a lovely experience. The food was so great. Uh, obviously Victor's such a great dinner partner to sit and hang out with and stuff so uh, that's it's kind of been a place like yeah I gotta go back there alright well uh, shout out Albert shout out Albert and yeah. uh, if you go to Coast uh, because you've listened to this interview tell them that Zach says hi yeah yeah Zach sent you and the promo code is Zach <laughs> Smadu <laughs> Smadu okay now I made you like for my Indian grandmother not for my Ukrainian grandmother okay so we're we're gonna do a little bit of time travel okay. now I love that the, you've been in here already for like I don't know, like half an hour what? now. Like, yeah, and we've talked minutes. about like basically Toronto and food. Great. And Vancouver and food. Yeah, so let's talk about like who you are as an actor, okay. how you got here. Let's let's go back in time to who you were as a child. You know, we're in the DeLorean, we're zooming. I used to ask people what their time travel vehicle of choice was. Thinking like it would be like a, you know, it would be mostly like a, a split between like the TARDIS from Doctor Who and the DeLorean, but like 99% of the people chose the DeLorean. So that's just, that's the one that we use now. I would use that too. I mean, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Back to the Future. Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, I'm like a, a Doctor Who nerd and also grew up in the 80s, love, you know, love Back to the Future. So whatever. DeLorean, we're heading back to, we're heading back to Saskatchewan, I'm okay. assuming. Um, you're 10 years old. It's yeah. a great age. Ten is a great age. Paint me a picture 
of you as a 10 year old what was important to you you know what you know how how you are the same or different from who you are now and you know if there were any like insight or maybe hints you know in you as a 10 year old into you know this actor you know that you would grow to become it's very funny that you chose 10 years old because that's actually when it started for me yeah but i'll paint you the picture before that 10 years old i was i mean i've always kind of been very gregarious and energetic no you no yeah so you can ask my parents (laughs) about that always had lots of energy i'm very close to my family i have an older brother joe kim and my younger sister talitha we're very tight and we and my parents we've always just you know been a a big unit uh, and my extended family is very close so uh, very active with my family. I was um, pretty good in school at that point. I kind of, uh, you know, elementary school. I, I, I was like going to like learning assistance, but I didn't even know it was learning assistance. I hmm. didn't know that that's what it was. I was just getting extra time with the yeah. teacher and stuff. I was doing French immersion, so I think that might have been a little bit of it as well. I was pretty shitty student, <clears throat> even though I'm from Quebec. Like when I was doing uh, French immersion, but then by the time we moved to we moved to Ontario and I started going to English school. It was like, then I became like a big nerd. They would call me little Miss Sabrina and yeah. Urkel because yeah. of the glasses <laughs> and the time period. But yeah, it's like, it's just not all kids can, well, all kids learn differently, but yeah. you know, like the language aspect can make a huge big aspect. difference. Yeah. And I mean, and luckily fortunate for me, I had really great teachers that were helpful. And then, but that turned as I got older, I became an excellent student. I became very, very good. Yeah. Um, but so at that period, I was, you know, not struggling or anything, but I was probably like more active than and had more energy in the classroom than I knew what to do with. Um, so I was I was playing sports. I was playing soccer. I was taking um, music lessons. I think I think I was still doing piano. Then. Maybe, I, maybe I was done piano. I played piano for a couple of years um, and then soon soon enough got into drums um, and saxophone before that. But um, yeah, Jeez. yeah, I, I it's mean, a lot of energy. Well, my dad, my dad is uh, my my father's a, a principal, an educator, a teacher by trade, uh, and but he was also a, a professional musician. So oh, we, had okay. a, we had a music studio in our basement for forever. Wow. So you know, amazing hundreds of guitars and amps and all this, and so he would be jamming, you know, twice a week, and they'd be playing on the weekend. So I was, oh, we were always surrounded by music. My brother's a musician as well. So that the reason why music was always kind of around was because of that. Yeah. But it was around that time, and my I remember it was like going into the summer, you know, when you're like getting ready for, for summer vacation, and there was always like camps and things that you would do. So often we do like sports camps, yeah. like go and do like a this, and we go do racquetball for that, and then track and field, and then the soccer boot camp, and then... And um, this, this one, this year when I was 10, I was going into, I finished grade five, going into grade six, and my dad was like, do you want to... He sat me down. I was like, do you want to learn this monologue? And I was like, what's monologue? Mm. He's like, it's, it's like a, it's like a piece of text that you got to learn and you're going to perform it. And I was like, okay. And you know, we'd done dabble a couple, you know, you do school like performances, like, you know, like little two minute things or five minute things for the Christmas pageant or yeah. whatever. So what, like, I wasn't unfamiliar with what the stage was, but it was for a theater program in Regina, the Globe Theater, which is the professional theater, the hmm. one and only. And they had the summer program for kids. It's called Shakespeare uh, for Kids. And summer, summer with Shakespeare, I think yeah. it was called. 
And uh, he's like, if you, you if you can learn this, you go in and you're going to audition. And if you get it, then this is what you'll do all summer. You'll learn this play and you'll learn, you know, and you'll learn all the things about theater. Amazing. Like, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, I learned the thing and I went to my first audition. And there's this. I'm um, sorry, what was the thing? Do you remember? Yeah, it was um, All the World's a Stage. Yeah. Uh, that monologue from Shakespeare. Um, so it was that. And uh, the woman who was running it, who's the artistic director, Susan Furley, was there. She's she's was the artistic director for a long time. She actually fast forward gave me my first professional uh, job after theater school in hmm. London, Ontario, at the Grand Theater. Wow! So, so you know, ten or twenty years later, whatever it was, I can't. Remember, Fifteen years later, probably. Um, so I got in and I did it, and that was my first impetus into the world of theater we learned everything we learned the play you know it was like a two-month intensive so you learn it you learn how to like design costumes and then you make the costumes you learn what set deck is and you learn how to light hang you actually go and hang the light i'm 10 years old like you're doing all these things with a bunch of other cool kids from you know it was a range i think they were up until like grade 12. So oh huge range very kids. cool kids teens, yeah 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 so i was like you know i'm surrounded by older kids and kids my age and stuff and so there's it's just such a huge learning curve of like but did you, while you were there, because, you know, a different kid with different interests, different personality that you'd enroll in that would not, you know, you know, fast forward and then, you know, be an actor, right? Like, was, did something happen for you there? Like, were, did, was something unlocked, you know, where you're like, oh, I could do this. I want to do more of this. What is this? Like, you know, what kind of discoveries did you make about yourself in that mm. experience? I think, I think the first thing that probably if I, if I'm, really reflect on it i think i felt really comfortable hmm. like it was a place i was like you know i played sports as i said and all that and like but it never you know it never felt like i don't want to be cheesy but it, being on stage and being with people creating like playing around playing to put to do a play mm -hmm. just felt so comforting hmm. it felt like oh i've arrived this is where i'm supposed to be these are my people we can goof around, we can make voices, we can, you know, sing songs, we, we're gonna dance around, we're gonna do all that. I'm like, oh, I just love that, and I, that was the spark that kind of launched it. And I think also, I think I had a natural kind of inclination towards it, so I did pretty well. I think I was, we did, what did we do? We did, I was Orlando. Orlando and Oliver in, what, some some Shakespeare nut is going, you idiot, it is, uh, what play is it? All's uh, well that ends. All's well? well that ends well. No, I can't remember. And as, as you like you, it. As you like it. As, as you, you like, like it. it. Yes, we got there. Okay. Well, if I didn't get, it, oh. I had got my degree in English literature from Queen's University. So if I didn't get it, yes. like we would both be like, oh shit, we're shame. Get out. It would. They would have been yeah. like, uh, boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> Princess, Princess Bride, Bride lady. I love that lady. <laughs> did I send you that gift? I might have when you had to cancel once. It's a favorite of mine when people cancel did, things. Well, because you know. We didn't really know each other, but now we know each other. Yeah. So I'm totally going to send that I to you. That. <laughs> yeah. I that. How's your day? Bam! Bam! <laughs> Sorry, I got to cancel. Bam! Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was that. It felt, and it was just a fun group of kids. And the, you know, it's also, it was probably the other thing is that we worked with adults, right? We mm. worked, these weren't teachers. I mean, they were, but they weren't, we, we had, you know, an adult director. We had adult choreographer. We had all these people that treated us like peers, that mm. treated us like, hey, okay, we're collectively doing this. They'd ask your input. Well, how, Zach, how do you feel your care? Like, would you, do you want to walk here for this thing? Do you want to do that? Would you, you know? And it's like, as a 10 year old, I'd never really had that say in something. Yeah. And so you're just was, newly double digits. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm an adult now. Yeah. I'm 10. <laughs> I'm, I'm two numbers. Get out of here. 
so all that found freedom it was yeah it was really it felt that's like, so pow- like empowering though you know because it's like you're like oh i actually i do have some insight into this yes. i can have an opinion yeah. i can impact you know how people see me and how i you know how i'm like honestly honestly like you're not the first one to say that they had their first experience was in a shakespeare camp adrian petru had the same experience oh wow uh, but it was a camp at bard on the beach that they also yeah. have these programs are you know because even if you don't go into acting you learn so much yeah you know and this is even like being on on you know growing up with teams and you know playing team sports like you learn how to what you're capable of and how to work with people like i can't i can't recommend these types of programs enough well i I couldn't agree more because it 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 changed my life and i know it changes a lot of people's um even just how you can comport yourself in the world like i remember going after that after that summer camp obviously with these new friends and older people and you learn you know it kind of matured me a little faster because like okay i can't just be like a little crazy 10 year old now like no i'm with i'm with people who are in grade grade nine grade eight people who are really senior than i am and i have to you know be be an adult here and i it also just made me much more comfortable in my skin at that age too so, you know, going into into school and having to present in class or something like, well, that's not a thing now. Like I've been on stage. There's been a hundred people who've watched me do something like, yeah. okay. So all those trickle down effects of, of how Amazing. it, yeah, how it affects you as a kid. And then, and then from there that I, there's a woman in the audience at this performance that as you like it, you saw me and her name is Andrew Lee Hillstrom. And she had just come from Ontario and moved to Saskatchewan. And she, uh, somewhat of a prolific kind of, uh, young musical theater uh, teacher and so she wanted to start this group and she started this group called Do With Class and she asked me after the show she's like I would love for you to come and audition for this thing and blah 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 you know and fast forward I was in that company for uh, 10 years 8 years I guess until I graduated high school musical so, theater so are you a triple threat uh, well yeah you know I the was the dance not so much <laughs> well I was I can dance I yeah. can dance and sing I I I'm hesitant to use the word triple threat now because it's always like, I just know how much work it takes. Like to be a genuine triple threat, like, you know, I should be dancing at least three or four times a week and singing the same and acting the same. And so the people who are are that, I don't, I don't want to just lump myself in and be like, yeah, of course I'm a triple threat. Yeah, I was at a, at a period of my life. I was for sure I could, you know, sing with the best of them and, amazing and dance and you know i was doing pas de deux with susan ballet. susan nielsen <laughs> he can sing i can sing and okay. he can dance well okay. i think she knows that because we like to do karaoke you know the family law group we we really we have a little private okay that's a jewel you have to invite me i love karaoke so much oh my gosh like and it's not just because i can sing because i can sing i was a voice major at a performing arts high school but that's that is not that's not what it is the 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 joy of karaoke and the best people like the best people you want to have in the karaoke room are the people who can get everybody else to sing oh yeah you know yeah and like it's not about like i'm gonna stand up there and sing my ballad although you know like that's always fun but it's like what what are the best duets you know or what's like you you sing a song and everybody's gonna participate yeah maybe there's some dance moves you know stop by the spice girls you know you do the the stop dance so you know i love to know i want to Go, because well, I, I have a hard time finding people to go sing karaoke with me. Well, we go. We have, uh, Jules introduced me to all the private karaoke rooms in the city. So, we, so yeah. we go. We, do, you, we usually do it Where do you go sitting. to? What's it called? The place on Robson? 
or d there's oh God, uh I'm still learning so um, there's privé or whatever it's called privé, that's it. yeah. yeah we went there that's nice that's really fun it's pretty bougie yeah, pretty like very bougie fun, yeah like games and things beforehand yeah we really enjoyed that we went there last year but there's a place um it's up the stairs so yeah it is on, on yeah on robson um, just off oh, yeah robson yeah. robson bride it's called um oh Fantasia something? Fa yes, fa yeah. Fantasia. Yeah, Fantasia. Fantasia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good spot. We've been there many times. I'm known there as well. Oh, good. Yeah. What did, can I, may, I, may I ask, what is your go-to ballad? If um, like, my go-to uh, ballad is um, the Roberta Flack version of Killing Me Softly, but I always love when people do the one time, yeah, one time, you know, from, yeah. and, um, you know, <laughs> I, I love uh, I Will Survive as well. Oh, good. You know, um, and I actually do have, I, or I, is on this phone still i have a list on my phone because i'll be like oh that would be a great karaoke song and you know then i add it in i so my I. my husband's uh so he's 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 english and he's filipino the filipino side like that was like a revelation to me every single family event like they have karaoke like it's you know and everybody everybody sings and i yeah. just we actually as a result at our wedding we had um we had a karaoke amazing you know that was like the and we also had like a um a games room set up as well we had scrabble <laughs> um because filipino uh, titas they love you know scrabble yeah. we had poker tables you know because I was like, I like a wedding, like it's an, oh, I also did a 45 minute set of jazz songs as well. <laughs> Just yeah, private, you. <laughs> well, I'm like, this is going to be like the most, um, you know, this will be like the most uh, like receptive audience I'll yeah, probably ever have. I'm the bride, <laughs> you know, but like, but yeah, I love karaoke. What about you? What are your go-to karaoke songs? Uh, Which well, is literally one of my questions that I do in favorite things is, what go to Favorite karaoke, karaoke, songs. karaoke well, song? Yeah, I'll give you some that I've retired now because you too know. Much, well, much. you know, like when you here's the thing: when you do karaoke enough, especially with the same people, like then it's like, okay, you've done that song. Yeah, times. which sometimes there's a place for that. Yeah, but um, we, I, we always end with Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a great song. You know, Summer '69. Like those are the the ones that are in the end yeah. of the third or fourth hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. I mean, yeah, you got to warm up to those because yeah. when people are like loose and limber and ready to rock. Yeah. Uh, but when I was younger, my go-to uh, party started to get everybody involved and like, here we go, like we're doing it. You're here, you're here. Let's go. Was um, Andre 3000? Hey, yeah, which is just like you know, everybody, oh, oh, there's, there's all that. Yeah, oh, there's little oh, actions, oh, yeah. shoutouts, and the calls, and people are like, yeah, they can get it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice like icebreaker. And then um I've 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 honestly done this song in karaoke rooms from uh Tanzania to New York to Tokyo. The UK. No, I haven't been to Tokyo. I'm I'm gonna go this year. Yeah. Uh, oh me too. Are you? Okay, yeah, we'll going in March. That. We'll talk after. <laughs> um uh but I've done this everywhere and I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. I love the song so much, but but I just can't do it. <laughs> uh but my go-to ballad used to be uh Bed of Roses by John Bon Jovi. Oh, I could. Wow, that's like vocally demanding stuff. Oh, I could rock that most. Yeah, rock it. But no, but you know they have some. They have a karaoke place that we're going to in Japan in Tokyo, where like they have a live band. You know, so when you make your karaoke selection, like it's the band plays it. Yeah. So wouldn't you love to be in Tokyo when a band is playing? Well, I could do that in Tokyo. Yeah, I don't feel like it's not going to be. And also, nobody that I'll be. You know, it's not like. I'm a room full of friends like God. No, it's not like you'll be in Tanzania and they're like, Boo, you've done this before. Boo. <laughs> okay, well, you have to give me that karaoke room because I will do that. Yeah, yeah, fa fantastic. Okay, you know what? Let's, I, 
uh, let's talk a little bit more about family law because um, we've already been at this for almost an hour. Isn't that great? What? Yeah, I know. I know. Like almost moving. almost an hour. Yeah, time just kind of move at a different pace. Well, it's kind of like I don't know how to, I've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews in various forms, yeah. but I'm not like a trained interviewer. So it's more like, I just want to, I like to sit down and have conversations with cool people, well, but that's you know? And so like, that's, yeah. And so I'm like, oh no, we should actually talk about some of the stuff you're, you're supposed to talk well, about. Well, but that's what I said to you actually, when you came to set, when you, uh, for season three, when we were talking, yeah. and even though it was interspersed between shooting scenes and running off and having to go here. And yeah, we had a good conversation. That. But yeah. that was the thing I said yeah. to you. I was like, you're such a great conversationalist. It's you. really, I'm not just saying it because I'm here, but you are that it's that's why it's like it's really it doesn't feel like an interview i don't and i i genuinely normally don't like interviews because mm. often they feel so like okay i'm gonna ask my question i have 10 here and then while i'm answering the question you're not even really listening to yeah because you're getting ready for the next thing so you're just like okay so i i could have just said this you know to to a to a room of nobody because yeah. you're not here not listening but not so that's why it's, listening. It's, it's better this way it's nice Okay, now there's like, I feel a lot more pressure. What's the next question, Sabrina? What, next what are question. you going to ask? <laughs> Beyond the obvious answer, which is I live in Vancouver now, yeah. how has your, your work on family law changed your life? You know, mm. I'm specifically talking about the work, the yeah. role, being on set, working with that company of actors and also the incredible guest stars like Brian Markinson, who we keep talking about him because he's literally on the mug. Yes, Zach is drinking from you the Brian Markinson mug, which and you will be able to find out. Oh, that ASMR. Beautiful, Get beautiful. That? Yeah, you'll be able to find that photo um, all over the social media because Brian loves it whenever <laughs> I share a photo of somebody with his mug. Uh, loves it. I'm the biggest fan of Brian Markinson. Yeah. Oh, no, you're going to have to you'd have to fight like a That's lot true. of people because a lot and of people off. are um but yeah how has the show you know changed you as an as an actor uh it's changed me in a couple ways uh, i would say you know first all first of all it kind of showed me and proved to myself that i'm uh I'm ready for the big game. You know mm. what I mean? I've never been, I'd never been a lead, full yeah. lead where I'm there every day, all day, you know, for four months, pretty much uh, on a show. I've, I've heavily been used on other shows, but not like that. And so the, just the, the shifting of gears of what it takes to be a lead. And I, I had really good examples of this, of what it looked like when I worked on Cardinal with um, Billy Campbell and Corinne Vanessa. They, you know, I was fortunate to be there enough to see, but I remember just watching like, okay, they're here every day. They're in every scene pretty yeah. much. Um, they're prepping, while they're doing this, they're prepping for the episode that they, you know, we're gonna shoot tomorrow and we're shooting six different episodes all at once at, at, at the same time for the four months or whatever it was. And I just saw the the precision and the focus and and the preparation that they they did constantly because you know we talk and like how was your weekend like oh you know i spent like eight hours reviewing you know i, I worked all weekend every day that's that's what you do when you're shooting yeah. a show you're just you're in it you know there's no days off because if yeah. you're not shooting you're prepping but seeing that and then also their complete freedom and relaxation and total being in the moment while shooting so it wasn't prescribed it wasn't you know like this is what i'm doing and that's it and then we're done and then go like the playfulness in it and i just remember going 
if I ever get that opportunity, I want to be like that. Mm. And so when this show came around, this was my chance to do that. And fortunately for me, as we've mentioned many times, and you've talked about, I'm sure, dozens of times before. The You're about talking about Jewel State as a number one. Jewel State is a number one. It's a big theme on this show. It is. And I've seen it, seen it up close. She's the real deal. She is beyond the real deal. She is the ideal. She's the <sighs> ideal of what you want because... Can I, okay, just I'm going to step out of this conversation for a minute. That was some wonderful wordplay. Well, thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> I said the real deal, and you said the ideal. Like, that's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Sometimes I rap, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Respect. Well, drop the mic. Don't drop these mics. They're very expensive. Very expensive. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, but she is the She's ideal. She's the ideal. I mean, that's, that's what you want. That's what you, if you could imagine the best version of something. So somebody who's the number one, who's the lead, who, who not only hands down every day shows up to do the work and is, you know, I would say flawless in what they do, even when they fuck around and play around and try things. It's just, it's it's amazing to watch and to, and to be a part of. Yeah. But the other side of just the type of person that she is, and as you know, she is just, you know, open-hearted and loving and really compassionate and caring for everybody. Like, I'm sure you've heard this story, but like everybody who comes onto set they get a note and a present. They get a note and a present. Yeah. Like, what, Amazing. if you're there for a day yeah. or, you know, and I, I heard about that uh, while season one was happening. So then I jumped on that right away. I was like, well, fuck you, Jill. You're not going to be the only one doing that. So I write a, a card for everybody because I was like, you're right. That's such a beautiful way to, to welcome somebody to the show. Yeah. Why not? I remember coming to, to different shows on set when you're like there for a day or you're there for a week and people have been shooting for two months already. And you kind of feel you kind of feel like the new kid at school. You walk in, you're like, okay, like, okay, I gotta, I'm gonna be. And not only the new kid at school, but you're presenting first thing that Ugh. day. So you're showing up. You're like, okay, here we go. I'm on set. You all know each other, whatever. And I that feeling, you know, in some shows it were better than others, and some were worse. But I was like, no, I want people to know when they come on that we're excited to have them. Hmm. We're, they're here. That they're they're worthy. That they're welcomed. And so getting a little note in the morning before you even meet who you know Jewel is or who I am I think it's it it does make the difference and you can even just see it, it just relieves people when they come in because there's you know there's nerves and there's excitement yeah. and there's whether it's Brian Markinson or whether it's somebody who, this is their first scene ever really on camera that's like a substantial thing like yeah. there's there's that and it it helps to put people at ease well helps. especially I mean because I know people don't talk about this on the record or name names on the record but not every set is like family law there yeah. are people who show up to do you know get you know guest star roles and whatever and have terrible experiences mm -hmm. with you know the with that cast that's there all the time you know and yeah. and, and so um and it's often what people tell me after we're finished recording yeah. you know so that and that so pe people you know that i think the reason one of the reasons it's come up so much is because it's just uh, the reason that people talk about that I've heard about this gifts yeah, and the card yeah. and everything so often is be is because it is so rare. It's very special, yeah. and there people do have bad experiences on other shows. It's sadly it's the exception to the rule typically, yeah. and we're also very proud of that. We're very protective of that because we want our show. You know, I mean, Susan Nielsen, our showrunner, and everybody at Lark and Seven Twenty Four. Like we have a rule on our on our shows. Like we, there's no assholes. Yeah, we don't allow assholes on the show. If you're an asshole, if you're a diva, if you're whatever, you might be super talented, but we don't want that. We yeah. don't need that because nobody needs that. And if there's this weird dynamic that can be in film that they're, you know, that it 
either is just let to happen that people can just be rude and whatever and terrible and strange and all that stuff yeah and goes unchecked or it's like kind of encouraged in some places like and i've been on i, I try i maybe this is the older actor in me now it used to bother me obviously is when i was younger and like coming in like okay like just stay out of people's way and you know just do my thing and okay i'll get through this and and i did and but now if i were to go on a set and it's like that like it's just not about me mm. like i just don't give a shit it's just not about me. Yeah. It's about them. It's on them. And I can let it go. Because I also understand, you know, not to fully judge people. Sometimes you can tell when people are just being pricks for the sake of it. But also, you just don't know what people are going through. And so yeah. there's a part of me that's compassionate. Because I've been there. Like, I remember being on set. This one show. And the the lead, he and I had a big, we had a bunch of big things to do these days. And we're like an hour, like 15. And it's going crazy. And mm. he had just, his 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 wife had just had a baby like a week and a half ago and he's been going like this for like eight months his life's in disarray his life is his life it sucks <laughs> yeah you know he's the leader but it's intense he's beyond exhausted the things he has to do and he was very sweet to me but like he, i i i walked into our trailer at what or our little like green room area at one point and he was just like on the ground like i could just see him as like having a meltdown so yeah like, what am i doing here well he was literally saying why are we doing this yeah why are we doing this? And it wasn't about me. It wasn't about any of that stuff. It was just like, you're like, okay, I have to understand you're in a very different place now. And it, it can be a very difficult job. Yeah. Depending on what those circumstances are and having to do that. Like, so I can go, okay, you don't need to entertain me. It can be exhausting if we're sitting in a chair and you're like, so what's your favorite restaurant in? <laughs> like, you doesn't need to hear that from me. I can shut up and be like, dude, you just do what you need. To do. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been to Nobu? <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Daniel. Because um, I have a lot of like mixed feelings about him too. Because like sometimes I'd be like, he fucking rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And other times I'm like, oh, he's kind of me. You know, so um, tell me about some of the, you know, the, the joys and challenges of, you know, kind of like inhabiting his world, you know, and um, what you like about him. And I love Daniel. I think he's such a, funny dude i love how serious he takes himself <laughs> I love that yeah he, that's where i like i'm like oh yeah that's kind of me oh, i love that i love it <laughs> i just think it's so funny uh and that he has i mean he's very competitive so i can compete i, I can relate to that yeah I'm quite competitive in many ways but um i also have a sense of humor about myself which i i can laugh at myself which i don't think daniel can easily mm -hmm. i enjoy that because <laughs> even just shooting some of the stuff is just it's hilarious to to not to not be able to laugh and to just take offense to things that jewel does or janelle does or whatever yeah um you know i think technically sometimes the the law part of the show can for me and my brain can be um, it's a good challenge. It's always like, okay, I don't say these words often. I don't often talk about these topics. Mm -hmm. And so I need to like, I got to dive deep, right? Like I yeah. got to learn what this is. I got to figure it out because when I'm saying it, I have to know it. I can't, it can't just be the lines that I'm saying. I have to be like, I actually know what this means and I'm talking about. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Because we were also talked about the fact that you've been like a detective and you've been a yeah. doctor, a space geologist, whatever. Yeah. In those other situations, have you felt that you had to understand what you were saying as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I've, so how does this, your, your journey to 
to understand the, you know, all the family law stuff yeah. compared to your, you know, your experiences having to master, you know, some comprehension of like the, you know, the space geology stuff. Oh my gosh. The well, physics stuff. is really hard to learn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you're looking on Wikipedia. <laughs> so, and, and watching some YouTube videos, like, what does that even mean? What are they talking about? Yeah. Well, the premise is that I, I for me and my, my kind of, not to use a cliche thing, but my process is like, I, I, I just know it rings false if I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. If I'm just saying things, even with conviction or whatever, it just it if it if I can't see it in my mind and I don't know what I'm actually talking about, I feel like the audience is going to be like, "Well, that's bullshit." Mm. He, he doesn't even know what that is, or like it's or it'll be hollow somehow. So I try to that with everything, you know, you know, it's, it, with the law stuff now, it's like I'm getting more familiar with it, especially we've done three seasons that I know what a lot of these things are, but there's always things that pop up like, okay. And so I frequently, you know, listen to like podcasts that ha talk about law stuff and f especially like family law cases, yeah. particularly and knowing the dynamics and the, you know, the, the courts and how that works. And I have relatives who are lawyers. So I often like ask questions to them about like, you know, how does this work? Why would you do it like that? Yeah. Why, why would, why do we need this person to do that instead of me? You know, like all just like a little minutia, which might not even, might not even translate on the screen. But I guess if that's like, if I do anything that's kind of methody, quote unquote, for Daniel and for this role, it's that it's just like, I want to, immerse myself in that world so I really understand it so when I walk on to set and we're in the office or we're in a in, a, in the courtroom or in a conference room doing a you know an arbitration I I just know what that is I feel yeah. like I've been here before I want to show up and be like okay yeah this is I, this is my kitchen I know what my kitchen's like I know where everything is you know where everything I is I know yeah. how to use the things I'm comfortable in this world or I can yeah. le at least look like I am yeah 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 exactly so yeah. that's that's both a challenge but also an imitation for me to like that's part of the fun that i have with the show and i get to do that for like four months five months of the year and just just be in it and just do that and i i can pretend yeah. to be a lawyer in vancouver because we shoot in vancouver it is vancouver and i can just live that life for a while and it's it's fun it's yeah it's, you have a fun job it's yeah fun job it's like a weird job i mean acting is like a really weird job um but i think that's also why i'm fascinated with talking to actors because uh pretty weird job well but it should be fun right like this yeah. goes back to what we were saying about the energy on our set like we I, I i've i say this all the time when we're there especially when days get like long and hard or whatever like if we're not having fun we're doing it wrong mm. like, we're doing it wrong yeah we're fucking it up because this should still be fun it can be challenging it'd be difficult but it should still be fun yeah like, we're just playing this isn't rocket science we're not curing cancer we're not we're, there's there's a lot of things that people have to do in their lives that are very difficult and including jobs that are like mm. you know a grind this isn't that yeah so let's let's be very thankful let's be very gracious and and serve the work but like let's let's play let's end with a little bit more um time travel back in the delorean we're gonna go back uh to the summer that you were at the the shakespeare camp Right. Um, and you're going to go and walk up to yourself. And we accept that, like, yeah, yeah, it's time travel. You know, you're going to be like amazed to see each other, whatever. You have one minute to give yourself some words of wisdom, you know, or warnings, you know, or, or anything that, you know, will will help you, um, you know, in your career ahead. 
you know, like what would you say to that 10 year old version of you? Or would you not say anything at all? No, I love to talk. I would say something. Um, <laughs> it's counting on that. I would say this. I would say to young Zachary, I would say, you can do it. You're going to do it. And you need to remember that the failures are part of the process. You need to play, have fun, but also you need to realize the value of hard work. And actually what you think is hard work isn't even close. Yeah. And you can push yourself harder and harder. And there's no limit to what that can bring you. And you will be very surprised. And I, you know, while I would say that to my 10 year old self, I, I say that to myself right now too, because I, that's what I, I, I say to myself now. It's like, I'm still a bit of that 10 year old boy too, in the sense of, you know, I, I, I just feel like I've just begun. Yeah. I really do. I'm just like, oh, I've just started. So I'd love to, I'd love to see me and when, when I'm 50 going, okay, what would I say to my, myself right now? I'd probably say the same thing, like work hard. You can, you have the energy. You have the ability. Work hard. Yeah. Have fun, but do it. Don't sit around and wait. Amazing. Amazing. And then you would probably open your phone and show them all the restaurants yeah. from the future yeah. that you, you have can. to eat here. <laughs> Japa dog. It's yeah. so good. Was that one of the first places you went to when you came here? Because I know it does draw a lot of people, and also they do have the little stand little outside carts. the outside the Sudden Place Hotel. Yeah, well, I mean that's smart. No, I I was I'd seen it on a TV show or something before. I was like, oh, I got to try Jabba Dog. And Jewel, hilarious enough, she was like, oh my god, I love Jabba Dog. She's like, yeah. it's one of my favorite things. She's like, you got to do it. You got to go here. But yeah, it, it wasn't one of the first. It was actually one of the last in that first year because I was hmm. I I would run along the seawall on the weekends and stuff, and there would they'd have the Japa dog car there. I'm like, I can't stop and get a hot dog, and I'm like, you know, eight <laughs> k into a twelve k run, I can't yeah. do it. So I never did it until one day. I was like, okay, it was a Sunday. I'm like, I'm going to the, I'm going. It's great. It's yeah. Go to hey, Japa tonight dog. I'm gonna try a place that has um they have like sushi on a stick. They call it a sushi dog, but it's really not. You know, but it's so it's not like a corn dog, but it's like basically it's a uh, Sushi roll on a stick, and they do fry it up, and then they oh, put cool. sauces on it. I'll, I'll let okay, you know. Let me know. I will let you know. Also, send me a picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <learner>. oh <laughs> my daughter and I, we are going to do a whole photo shoot. Okay, Zach, I know you're not the biggest fan of the social media and stuff, but people want to follow you and keep up to date on sure. all the exciting things in your life. Where can, where can they find you? They can find me on all the things. I think uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, I think, I believe. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you're on at, it so much that at, you don't even yeah. know what you're on. I'm, pretty, I'm sure I'm there. You'll just have to check it out. Uh, at Zach Smedu, Z-A-C-H-S-M-A-D-U. Smedu. Um, I know I'm Smedu. Smedu. <laughs> so you, uh, you can pronounce it either way. Google will know. Um, and it's not that I don't appreciate that. I will just give this this caveat. I, I think it's very useful, and, and I know people enjoy it and love to tap in. I, I, I get it. I get it. I just, for me... It's uh, a focus and an energy thing that's like, mm. I can't be consumed with too much distraction because there's just so many things that I want to do, whether it's for myself, whether I want to go, I need to go cold plunge first thing in the morning. Yeah. I got to go do that. And so I can't get on Instagram and be lost for 30 minutes. I got to go to the gym. I got to go for a run. I got to read this book. You know, all these things like those are priorities. And so yeah. I just got to go. I don't, I don't need it. And you have self-care figured 
that. <laughs> wow. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's no, but a it's a, but it's and it's like and setting that intention and making it a priority. Yeah, that's why I get up at four thirty in the morning every day. You do? Yeah, Good. I get. Up, I mean, I have to go to bed at like seven o'clock at night. Yeah. but I get up at four thirty in the morning because that time that I am drinking my black coffee, yep. hanging with the cats, listening yep. to podcasts. That's the Sabrina time. Isn't that amazing? And if I can't do, I cannot do anything else in my life unless I have done that. Isn't that, that's the beautiful gift that you give yourself. Yeah. I'm the same. I get up not that early. I get up at five thirty, six, yeah, and I go and know. do the stuff. But but here's the thing: you probably like, don't go to bed at six thirty or seven o'clock at no, night. No, I so. go to bed like nine thirty, <laughs> which people still think it's quite like it's pretty early. Yeah, the way that people, you know. Live their people lives. who aren't seven years old, you yeah. know, I'll be like, what? Yeah, people are like, are you in elementary school? Like, why are you going to bed at 9 30? Like, oh. Listen, this is the thing about aging. You really value your sleep and you early do. bedtime, beautiful. Well, and I also work my ass off every day. Like, I yeah. go, fit, I do something very physical every day yeah. and I exhaust myself. So by the time like nine, 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm just exhausted. I'm yeah. tired. Um, but, I, but part of the social media thing and that and the attention carry self is like, people don't think about this but your attention is like anything else it's you have to protect it it's like your head like are you mm. concerned about what you put in your body with for food like your diet what you drink what you eat yeah you should be you should take care of what atten- where your attention goes because it's the exact same thing if you're feeding yourself with you know worries and comparing yourself to people or the news and you know sadly all the terrible things that are happening in the world like you're going to be consumed by that you if you want to be able to have somewhat of a healthy normal life you need to protect your attention and so that's just what that for me looks like is like i just gotta shut certain things off i'm very glad that everybody did not shut off the podcast <laughs> well, today <laughs> i hope this is not soul sucking <laughs> no there i mean there are i love i love i'm deeply honored that the podcast is is part of a lot of people's self-care love people it. love to have a song in the background or while they're driving or while they're cooking yeah. or or while they're getting up early in the morning and hanging with their cats or dogs you know well, and i freaking love that i'm very i'm very honored thank so. you for letting me come and be here oh you're gonna come back again I, like actually i I think you should have like a food podcast or like a travel podcast or, what? you know, I'd fuck, I would listen to that. Well, here's actually the funny thing. This is Inside Scoop. Okay. This has never been said okay. anywhere. Um, Leaning in. I'm, I'm currently developing a, a cooking kind of travel show thing. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. No, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm ready to smash that like yeah. button and yeah. subscribe and, yeah. and whatever. Okay. Well, you're definitely going to come back and talk about that. Yeah. All right. Zach, thank you very much. Listeners, thank you very much. You can find Family Law on Global TV. Yep. You can find it on the CW. And if you're in Italy and Lithuania and Australia, you can watch the new seasons right now. Um, but, you know, g- good good place to follow is honestly Jules uh, all of her social media feeds because uh, I'm on it yeah <laughs> I, I, I hear her I'm everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah because but like Jules like that's how I find out about everything really related family law is from Jules State yeah she so, just and, texts me yeah <laughs> and thank you Jules State for sending me uh, those words about Zach and um, giving us all some insight into who he is and I love what you Jules like. yeah I love you we all love Jewel State. Yeah. All right. Thank you, listeners. The Wide Bear Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced. Executive produced. I don't know. 
I make this whole thing. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Mary Furminger. <laughs> edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger Devlet for the original <laughs> music. But Dane, as I say, almost every episode, you are a Furminger to us. Honestly, Zach, you are too. Because, uh, <laughs> No, I feel, I feel you're definitely a friend of the pod now. Weber Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Hi friends, Kat Lawhequist here, and I'm excited to introduce you to thedramaclass.com. Thedramaclass.com provides online workshops and classes designed to provide inspiration and instruction in the sometimes overlooked areas you need to be successful in your acting career. Things that they don't often cover in studio classes. Things like tax prep for actors, the power of costume in getting a job, what to do if you primarily work on camera and find yourself with a voiceover audition, what you can do to adjust your performance to the camera lenses being used, and so much more. Maximize your opportunities by filling in the gaps that will make your craft your career. Visit us at thedramaclass.com, sign up for our newsletter, follow us on social, and explore what will take you to the next level.